0: Welcome to onesies, a podcast of One Season Wonders and Blunders. My name's Andrew. And my name is Emily. And we are talking about Police Squad in Color. And we are halfway through the uh single six episode season. to Today, tonight, right now, we are going to be talking about, and I lost the title. Episode the guilt, four. Episode four the guilty alibi or revenge and remorse. And right. Those titles actually do apply to the content, which is... Yeah,
1: which is unusual. 50-50. 50
0: with the show. Okay, do you have three things?
1: Three things. I have um, decaf coffee. These are in no particular order. Uh, oh, God. I, I mean, the, the the Penn State and um, cafeteria gag, I guess. I don't have a lot written down for this one because I was eating okay. at the same time.
0: <laughs> As, as is a bit, so we should totally do the eating bit, we could.
1: The cafeteria um, gag. I've got the cafeteria gag.
0: Uh, is that part of it? No, oh, that's it's not even thing. part of it. There's two food gags. Oh. Um, okay, so first, uh, well, we'll talk about that either way. Um, that's your full cafeteria bag. You're on, s- wow, okay. Okay. Sorry, everyone. Uh, let's go back to. We'll start with William Shatner. Yeah. We will do. Um, where was it? Norberg and the Norberg in general. Mm-hmm. It's starting with Norberg in the car, and um, I lied. Quote. Okay. So, so starting off, we it's same opening until we get to William Shatner, who I didn't think was going to die. <laughs> and I maybe, was it's, like,
1: maybe it's his fantastic acting
0: <laughs> he um he's at a restaurant with a lady presumably and he has a shootout but he survives the shootout only to die from poison in his drink mm-hmm. um but i was like is william shatner actually gonna go on a show and die tj hooker tv's tj hooker he did. It was, <laughs> he did it was quite funny it's, it's a shame he's so problematic and yeah but then again he's <clears throat> he's going out miserable about how humanity has wasted its itself and ruined earth. So maybe don't be a piece of shit, Bill, maybe don't be a piece of shit anyway. Uh, so then we go to the hall of justice, which is the courthouse. Yeah. And we get an odd, this is actually where I knew the episode was going to be. Yep. Iffy. Yeah. It's this lengthy, um, somebody's looking for a name on a, an old style children back in the uh probably through I mean I don't know depending go on go to go
1: to your local public library. I bet you can find something like this.
0: Yes. It is a um it's a board with office assignments, but it's not printed there with stick-on letters.
1: Yeah, you can like, find them at Target. They sell them as, like, retro things now, where you can write your own messages, you know, your own inspirational quotes and stuff. It's silly. But you can find them at Target. You stick on the letters um, into little, like, grooves. Um, and the finger is going down. In the episode, the finger is going down. It's gloved, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. I don't remember. Um and as it goes down, it's pulling letters off, and the letters are dropping on the ground. Um, yes. Yeah, that was the first gag. Came a lot faster than the last episode, where you were in the sea of partygoers for a long time. I like
0: how you paused to say gag. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's weird about this is is that the episode does have really good like, visual exposition. Like, if this were a kid's movie, I would be very impressed with how they were laying out the individual aspects of the story, right? Right. They take a long time to establish that what the finger's doing, that it's searching out people. It gets to the person. It overemphasizes the location. Then, you know, we do get a somewhat funny gag where the person's sneaking through this office building and... Uh, the security guard thinks he hears something, but it's just this guy vacuuming. So he goes and waves at Ralph. And then when he turns his back, Ralph gets pulled down the other hallway, presumably by the villain, um, which is potentially problematic, but, you know, strength is whatever.
1: I um, also, while I, I understand why they did it, I didn't particularly enjoy the feet kind of creeping the only thing we see of the Mm. bad guy for a reason is the hand going down the board and like from the calves down sneaking um i didn't particularly like i don't particularly like that because it went on too long but the payoff was when something was in the villain's way and the villain was seemingly launched over it somehow like lifted up and continued walking on air, but over whatever the thing was. I thought that was kind of funny. Again, for a first gag, though, not not great.
0: Not yeah. And then we cut to the next day in the courtroom, where um, we well we saw that the bad guy changed out the gavel right. in the courtroom uh there's a single gag you may be seated and all of the people sit down on the floor mm-hmm. i also noticed there's an abraham lincoln painting behind the judge i didn't notice that yeah and then he the guy hits the gavel boom goes the co- courtroom and then the bailiff has calls recess
1: yeah 10 minute recess or something yeah That's silly
0: and so then we get to frank finally and he's been interrupted getting a car wash. So we're we're still doing that bit. And he, the guy is in the backseat washing the window. So again, not strong. No, but then we get to the office where Frank talks about um, the case, but this is also where we get the cafeteria.
1: Yeah. So there's this, it starts out with Frank and, um, I forget his boss's name, Ed, Ed. Frank and Ed um, discussing the case. And his boss keeps offering him, oh, do you want coffee? Yeah, sure. And they didn't do the yes, I know, but that does come in later. Oh, you want a donut? Yeah, sure. And then Frank is putting the donut on a plate and they turn the corner. The camera comes back and it's revealed to have uh, a whole cafeteria style layout. And they put their plates on a tray and they're going down the line as they're working out the case you know this is what happened these are the people who make might be involved oh we're gonna identify this person because he just got out of jail and they're loading their plates with
0: food it
1: was nice
0: it was impressive work like the set
1: yeah it
0: was was a nice trick there's a lot of impressive set design in this episode yeah
1: and and they go and they sit down at what Looks like a cafeteria table, and there's a little vase with a flower in it. And but behind them, it's still the police station, and there's still people working at their desks. And but yeah, the set design was pretty impressive um, in this scene, and then one other scene, and I don't remember which one now. Um, but just like not that funny, and they mm-hmm. get up and leave, and I'm like, what about like food?
0: Yeah. <laughs> they, and it's like the I'm leaving so bit. Hungry. Oh, and also the bells. Oh,
1: the bells! Yes, I was hoping that that would keep running throughout. So they start naming people um, who could be involved with the crime, and I f- forget the guy's name. It's going to be probably not on IMDb. Maybe, uh, Hamilton? No, just Eddie. They just call him Eddie on the on IMDb, but they they use his last name and said, "Oh, that rings a bell." After it had literally rung a bell. And then they keep repeating his name over and over and different bells keep ringing.
0: And it's the guy behind them typing on the typewriter.
1: But there's more more bells than that. Yeah. There's like there's 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 like a church bell
0: throughout. Okay, Yeah.
1: And I was Um, hoping that, that when they used his name throughout the episode, the rest of the 20 minutes or whatever, that were remaining of the episode, that it would continue, but it never did.
0: It never did. And then Al, tall Al, shows up, and he's got long hair this time. Yeah. And he's got to get himself a haircut, but he was trying something different. Um, a lot of,
1: yeah. I, I closed my notebook. God, that's not good. That's so not a good sign.
0: <laughs> now they go talk to this. So, yes, they have identified a suspect. It's an ex-con who's got it out for the judge. So now they go talk to his ex-wife who has dedicated herself to charity since Mm -hmm. her divorce. And she is uh, packing a box. And when they come in, she offers to take their coats and then we see her pack them. And so that then turns into this bit where they're questioning her in this like montage. And she is packing up a bunch of their other clothes to the point that when they leave the apartment, they're down in their um, underwear,
1: their underpants, and they've got the old man like yeah. sock garters. It was I thought that was kind of funny, um,
0: kind of. I mean, it was like I, it was really obvious too. Yeah. Like yeah. they really forecast it, and I was yeah. like, this is. It was like oddly paced. Now Leslie Nielsen's in this episode a lot, but he doesn't have a lot of the humor.
1: No, um, there's like one thing that he does later we'll that we'll talk about that I thought was funny. But this, I don't know if I thought would have thought it was funnier if we were actually watching them get undressed. I don't know. Like what could have made that funnier? Or I don't know. Instead I, of I, instead of the reveal of them coming out of the building and just like their shirts and their boxers and their garters.
0: I mean the punchline with a lot of this episode is, is that everybody, it's that, that whole, like, everybody's a different level of dumb. But if we'd actually, to actually do that joke, you would have to engage with them, on uh, them not reacting to, taking off their clothes. Like there's no transition to why they're taking off their clothes for her. It's that the shot, the two shots of her packing the box. Yeah. Then turn into an extended um, time-lapse montage. Right. Of her items going in the box. There's no context for them to be undressing with her.
1: Okay. Anyway, yeah. um, we it gets better. It gets better. They discover that um, her ex-husband is now shacking up with uh, a dame. Um, who is uh, an adult entertainer um she works at a club, and later that night, you see uh Ed and Frank going into the flamingo club, I think is what it was called to speak with her and her name was Fifi or Kiki or some something some uh Mimi I was close, Mimi yeah um uh to talk to her about Eddie, their their suspect, and his whereabouts the the night before. I there were a couple of good sight gags in this, in that uh on her door there were like tassels coming down. I thought that was kind of funny. Um under her was her name on it? No, I don't think her name was on it. But they go in and, you know, she's she's not dressed like a stripper, but this is the funny part. This is the funny Frank part where they identify themselves as cops. And she says she stands up, turns around and said, "Uh, what is this, a bust? And he responds, yes, it's a very nice one. But we're just here to ask you a few questions Um, again. So this was my this is my theory, because this is an opportunity for them to go someplace that they don't really go. And instead, Leslie Nielsen saves them by just kind of being a classy guy. Mm. I mean, he's just he's never he he doesn't have a dirty mind. His character right. never has a dirty mind. Right. And and so he acknowledges, "Yes, you've got a nice bust." But that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> and he gets straight to the point. So I think the reason they never go there is because Leslie Nielsen him not himself, but his character is such that they're you expect it, but he's pulling you back. He's also, pulling the audience back.
0: I mean early 80s. Um obnoxious Horndog was the was a standard sort of movie comedy mostly trope. And it got to TV eventually, but it did take a while. Yeah. Because um, the networks were worried about people advertisers not Going for it back then, so I don't think there's a good. I mean, there's not a context for it. Yeah. Um. But also, it's it helps make these shows this show, and I think the Naked Gun movies do up it a bit. Like they up the sexiness around Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. And sort of play off his lack of reaction. So, but the show and Airplane before this sort of remains accessible to younger kids like this really is something where jokes can fly over a kid's head and they can still laugh at the other thing yeah um which was what pg comedy was yeah um and until i don't know but yeah so then they have this interview with her where they she tries to give Eddie an alibi that they went to see a movie on the waterfront, and they don't know that it she's that it's a, a movie a movie,
1: and they think and there's no theater on the waterfront.
0: This might be the first time that the writers of this episode established. This is their go to thing is confusion over literal um lack of punctuation, I guess like it's something the show's already done and done better. Mm -hmm. It's just like this episode feels very, um, you can see why they aired them out of order kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The last episode was very, very good.
0: So then Eddie shows up and we find out uh, there is a potentially really funny bit in here where the stage manager keeps coming in and saying, You've got five minutes, you got three minutes, you got two minutes. And because they're taking every, they're not understanding who he's talking to, because that's actually the joke. I'm sorry, not taking things literally, both things, not understand, yeah. it, reacting to every, uh, everything someone says, regardless of it's directed to you. Frank's like, We're not dancers, we're cops. And the guy gets him a couple cop outfits. Mm hmm. And then when Eddie comes in and they're questioning him, the guy comes back and Eddie's like, I'm not a cop, I'm an ex-con. And the stage manager's like trying to figure out what that dance is going to be. And I (laughs) really wanted at least the start of it. Yeah. Right? At least just...
1: I would have taken them sort of shrugging their shoulders, either all of them or any one of them, and start undressing to put those costumes on. Right. I would have taken that. and then just leave it to your imagination. Like right. they're going out to dance. They're done with their interrogation. So this is my Penn state thing too, is Eddie's wearing oh, yeah. a, a letter jacket. Like,
0: you know, yeah, that was,
1: this said pen P E N N state on it. Um, and I noticed it and I was like, that's weird. And then later in the scene, he turns around and on the back, it says state Penn, pen P E N. Uh, uh I thought that was really funny and and funny.
0: Fuck Penn State. Fuck Penn State. But then the cops leave, and yes. Eddie tells his girlfriend, you better not have told him where I really was. And she says, I didn't, Eddie. So he smacks her, and he knocks out a tooth, because that's funny. So yeah. speaking of funny, the next scene. <sighs> yeah. Yeah? You ready? Yep. Uh, this is just a, like, one-two punch here. Um <laughs> We do not have the scientist being inappropriate with the child or making lascivious remarks about their mother. Instead, he's trying to show this kid how gills work by drowning a cat. To show <laughs> the cats don't have gills. Uh, the little girl gets to keep the cat. And next week he's going to explain to her why women can't play professional football. So cool. Um, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh... Uh, And the cat is still alive. For anybody who's not watching, the cat is still alive. She does not keep a dead cat. Um, The poor thing is all wet. Um, Reminded me of Fozzie a little bit. Um, uh, Another funny set design thing that they play with on this Mm -hmm. is when Frank is talking to the guy whose name escapes me. Um, The guy walks through a door and Frank goes around because there's like it's like an open set on the other right. side of the door. I thought that was funny. I love when they play with stuff like that.
0: And this has um an elaborate set. Like I'm not it wasn't that funny, but it was a, you know, the set dressers did a great job this episode. Like the production values of the episode are great. It's the script. Um but then this is where your caffeine comes in that Frank has been having too much caffeine, too much coffee or something. And so he
1: he snaps at somebody verbally. Yeah. And then he apologizes and explains that his doctor told him he's had too much caffeine and it makes him something. I don't know. Irritable. I I don't know. And so the doctor offers him decaf coffee. Yeah. And he comes back and like, okay, this is my thing. Why was this in here? I
0: didn't understand it. All I can think <laughs> is it's a it's a riff on a TV commercial of the era.
1: Maybe, maybe. That's and literally
0: he, all I can think.
1: He comes back later like literally they cut scene and then a few hours later he comes back and he's like gosh that decaf coffee sure was great and he stretches and he accidentally accidentally maybe like hits somebody and knocks them through a, a panel of glass. Um and and scene. Like it was weird i i didn't understand it uh i didn't have the context for it i guess
0: um, it's gotta be a very specific gag based on some folgers decaf commercial
1: maybe maybe it was really weird and not didn't have anything to do with the story whatsoever
0: no and it was not a good non-sequitur either Mm-mm. like the problem with these csi scenes is is like when they're dirty, they're they're fucking hilarious because they're so inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then when you try to do them sanitized, it's like, well, then what? The, this doesn't need to be here. It's not that it's not funny anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, the inappropriateness is the uh, the context for making it funny. And then we get the next murder, which uh, the bad guy plants a bomb in a car. Mm-hmm. And someone comes out to the car, gets in the car, starts the car. Car blows up, but not so much that it destroys the radio. And on the radio, the traffic guy had been talking, and the traffic guy starts coughing because of the...
1: There's smoke coming out of the radio?
0: There's smoke
1: in the car. Surrounding the the radio? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so he he talks about congestion. Yeah. It's kind of like... Have you seen Kentucky Fried movie? now is that literally in there
1: no it's not literally but there's something similar where there's newscasters on a late night news show and and a couple who are watching the news and they start watching the 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 newscasters start watching through the tv the actions of people whatever yeah so it's very similar um yeah that was weird again meh um Funnier was that they couldn't find the when the cops show up, they couldn't find the body.
0: Yes. So then we cut <laughs> to act two, Richard, III, Richard the third, Richard, the third, which pretty was good. pretty good. Um, Frank crashes into some trash cans, getting into the crime scene. There's an elaborate crime.
1: The trash cans are set up elaborately yeah. to like almost in like a pyramid, not a pyramid, but a triangle shape. So when he knocks them over, it's much more trash. I thought that was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. And so then the crime scenes very elaborate too. Like this they just use that back lot this time. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. so much. We're shooting down the street from where we were a couple of ago.
1: And there's uh, uh two people who have stopped at the crime scene to look and a cop with a megaphone right in their faces screaming at them to you know disperse disperse, yeah. clear the scene, nothing to see here. That was kind of funny. Yeah.
0: And then um, Norberg shows up and that's when it actually gets funny, which is weird. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like they gave him the only two funny scenes in the episode. So he shows up and Frank and Ed are talking about the trial lawyer. He was some guy who defended Eddie or lost his case or prosecuted him, but they can't find his body. Um, And so Norberg shows up and he starts talking about the tragedy of that car getting destroyed and does, do they think the widow would take, you know, 800 yeah. bucks for it or something? Yeah. And that was really funny. And I wasn't expecting it because Norberg hasn't been in the show, the episode to this point. This might be his first appearance I think- in order. Oh, yeah. And then, um yeah, I mean, it was just funny. It like, was just it wasn't, funny. it wasn't like the rest of it where we've got some lengthy... <laughs> Uh, montage sequence to try to get a laugh at the end, but we do get some good sight gags in this one because the tree is in the bot, the body is in the tree that it, the the cops aren't looking at, so the hand falls down,
1: and, and Frank asks Ed what time it is, and Ed grabs the hand out of the tree with a watch on it to, to give him the time, but they never actually acknowledge that that is the body that they've been looking for. Again, kind of a funny scene. But Norberg really stole it.
0: Yeah. And then the next scene... Okay, they're interviewing Eddie under the lights at their desk. Right. And this is this is where I wrote down Waka Waka at one point.
1: I loved it. I actually liked this. You did? Yeah. I didn't mind it. Uh, breaking the fourth
0: wall, almost. Oh, that? I wasn't even thinking oh, about okay. that. I, okay. I was thinking about the lead-in. <clears throat> oh. Where... They're interviewing the guy and accusing him. Norberg shows up with their lunch order. Oh, and so yeah. it's like.
1: So there's there's this interview happening. And then there's Norberg interacting with the two cops who are interviewing the guy. And it's just a big miscommunication. You know, do you want your sandwich? Like, how do you expect to, you know, whatever. I don't, I can't even remember. Yeah. It was so silly. You, you don't expect us to swallow that. You know, that type of stuff. And really, they're talking to the guy and not to Norberg, but Norberg, whatever. That was okay. But what was funny was they changed their interrogation style a little bit. And they're like, okay, let's say you didn't blow up the judge. And so all three of the actors turn to the camera and say, I didn't blow up the judge relatively in unison. I think that could have been done a little bit better. And they do it a couple more times. I think that's funny. I think that's dumb. It seems like something on stage that would happen on
0: on stage. And then they really keep with it because when they leave, they're like, well, we can't hold him. And Frank says to some guy, tell that bomber to take off. And so the guy goes to the window and calls out to the World War II airstrip and says, you can take off now. And so then a bomber takes off and the wind gust blows newspapers or something. That, I was just like, is this even the show? Like, yeah. I don't I don't know. Because we talked about this in the first episode of this. We were like, can they keep this going forever? Yeah. No. Apparently not. Apparently there's a <laughs> limit. Yeah. And they ran into it after... Probably around 90 minutes of total footage. Yeah. Yeah. A good um, movie length. Imagine. Yeah. So then Frank or Mimi had called Frank at home. We get all of this in voiceover. Yeah. And said, Can you meet me at the club right away? And Frank said, I don't know the club right away. How about we meet at that club from Lingo where we met before? And it's like, okay, that's
1: little, little wordplay, very I... little.
0: I think some of the problem with the narration is that Leslie Nielsen's not dry. Like it, he's not doing a Joe Friday spoof. <clears throat> and this no. narration is very Joe Friday. Mm-hmm. If if these two screenwriters went on to write the first draft for the Dragnet movie, I'd believe it. So they get there and there's the coat check scene Where the girl checks his coat literally with a marker.
1: Yeah. Like draws a check mark on the chest. I thought that
0: was pretty I thought she was going to inspect it. I was like, but I... I thought she was going
1: to say something like, yep, that's a coat. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know. Anything else would have been funnier. Honestly.
0: So then we get the cigarette yes I know gag here. There's a
1: cigarette yes I know gag. She orders two drinks, but they're like froofy, kind of tropical um, tiki drinks with a lot of, like in a pineapple, pineapple. or a pineapple shaped something with a lot of stuff coming out of it. And Frank doesn't know how to drink it. I thought that was kind of funny. I think that could have been funnier.
0: I think that's a gag and make it gun. No, oh, is it? I think, they, I think they bring it back. And well, they hopefully they made it funnier. I think they do. I think I, I think some of Naked Gun is the heat to LA Takedown when Michael Mann remade his TV movie only with <laughs> <laughs> Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Um, okay, so this is the I lied bit. This is the the dialogue thing again. Yeah. Again, right? We just had it in the last main scene. And the device again is I lied when I said he took me to the movies. And Frank's like, what? And she's like, I lied when, and so. She says it again, louder. Louder. And I'm just kind of like, that's okay. Uh, But then we get the drinking bit and that's a little bit funnier. But then, and this is way too forecast too. She reveals that her boyfriend left the wife. The wife didn't leave the boyfriend. Right. Which Frank is like, aha. And I'm like, oh, the wife did it. Yeah. Oh, and in so, that moment, she's setting him up. Yep. She's setting him up. And everything else in the rest of the episode is just that. Yeah. So then he goes to see the shine guy who the information the shoeshine guy gives him is that the guy likes the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. But they go over a bunch of other information at the same time. So it feels really forced in and like an exposition dump for people coming back from the bathroom. Yep. And then Joyce Brothers shows up.
1: I thought that was kind of funny with her, kind of funny. her going to the shoeshine guy to yeah. answer her advice column.
0: So, um, okay. And then Frank calls the wife to say to like set her up basically blah Mm -hmm. blah blah if you know where it's going you know where it's going yeah so he's setting her up to go and kill the girlfriend and then this is the other eating bit frank and ed are in the stakeout car and they're so loudly that they can't hear her setting up a huge or you know stringing dynamite all yeah. across the back lot
1: and it's just loud food noises and there's nothing that i find grosser so i probably oh. left the room for a second
0: <laughs> so That's i didn't remember it, it funny. also <laughs> not funny
1: yeah and again playing on them being stupid like she the bad guy is out there stringing up the dynamite blah 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 blah, blah setting up the charger and they don't see it until the very end very last second.
0: And so they confront her. We have the reveal that it's the wife.
1: Funny um, bit. She has like sleeves from like a suit coat, a gentleman's suit coat on her arms. And then she's got like the legs of the pants up to her knees from a gentleman's suit. I thought that was kind of funny.
0: Again, the set designer or the set dressers and the uh, costume design was on. Yep. Um she's going to blow up the whole neighborhood except she doesn't because Eddie saved the day except before that a crowd gathers and Ed tells them to get away <laughs> it's going to blow and so they go into the street where they all get hit by a car. Yeah. Was closer to funny. Yeah. Though again I don't know like they oh, the the show's used the back lot a lot better than this episode and mm-hmm. it's never used it this much. So uh, they're going to take her to Stateville prison and um, they give her to the other cops to run her in, which and then there's like an awkwardly long pause before this pays off, like mm-hmm. 10 seconds, which is yeah. kind of long for this joke that they're going to do like a relay race. Like there's a they shoot.
1: They've the, got blocks set up yeah. for them to set up to run a race. It's very weird. Yeah, it's very weird, um, and not funny. No, not not really that funny. Not really that funny. I wonder if it had something to do with like maybe they got some stand-in for the woman because mm. she was wearing heels and stuff. Well, maybe she wasn't wearing heels because she was wearing gentleman's shoes. But maybe they had some stand-in running. No. I don't know. Yeah. So they so needed that extra time. But
0: the epilogue then has frank coming in and saying oh she's headed up to stateville along with sally and martin and gunderson so this theoretically would be episode four yeah order. yeah um and then we get the explanation of eddie's alibi he was in wisconsin watching a brewers game and then uh and you can't there's some things you shouldn't deprive a man of
1: yeah it was a violation of his parole which yes. is why his girlfriend lied. But, you know, the police are going give, to give him a break because you can't deprive a man of his love of sports ball.
0: Which, which would imply that the show takes place in Chicago. Yeah. So then it pauses. There is a very noticeable cut. Yes, it was weird. It was weird. I was like, this sort of ruins the illusion, y'all. Yeah, But it was m- weird. Norberg comes in. Sees everybody doing the pause thing, and then tries to duplicate it. But since he's a klutz, he keeps fucking it up, and so he keeps trying again to do it right. And it is wonderful. It is perfect. It is so good. This like, is what the
1: internet is made for.
0: Was, you, we,
1: we do a TikTok and we do that. Do that as a TikTok. It was seriously so good. I don't. It was understand. so funny. I don't
0: <laughs> Did The rest the... of the episode was. St- so mediocre. And then this was just yeah, this feels very much like an okay episode in the show's fourth season. Yeah. You yeah. know, like in a six season sh- in a show with six seasons, this is a fourth season show that you're like, yeah, it was fine. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Not fourth episode of first season. So <laughs> but Norberg. Wow. Who to wow. thunk? who thunk? thunk. It was I'm really good. Sad when he loses his job to a a multiple murderer um next oh and the guest stars the two neither of the uh women were noticeable continuing the trend of police squad not employing anyone who went on to
1: (laughs) yeah um but mimi i thought was good i thought kate o'sullivan who played mimi was 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 good as that character um joyce brothers was
0: joyce brothers was funny
1: she was funny, but she's not an actress, right? Like, no,
0: and she. Wasn't, that I would. think is some of the thing that these and they did it in the Naked Gun too. Is is the celebrity cam? The bad celebrity cameos work out pretty well, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but it her cameo shouldn't have been better than Frank's scene with the shoe shine guy. Like, no, yeah, she was better than Tommy Lasorda, though. Yeah well
1: um. <laughs> i mean we did it huh we yeah. we, we did it it was wasn't a bad one it was wasn't bad. a great one but uh, that norberg scene at the end is totally worth it yeah it's so good disappointing
0: yeah
1: um Ooh, she looks familiar probably just an 80s star right i, I can't even tell who it is no Rebecca Holden. Is that somebody you know? So next week's episode, um, episode five is called Rendezvous at Big Gulch or Terror in the Neighborhood. Um, more blackmailing. Uh, let's see, special guest stars. I won't get away give away who the one at the beginning is, but Norberg is back. Excellent. Rebecca Rebecca Holden. Again, the name sounds familiar. John Ashton. I don't know who Ooh, that John is.
0: Ashton. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. King Kong Lives. Little Big League, I think. Um. Well, you know him.
1: Uh Robert Costanzo.
0: Do you know him? Do I? You will once you see him.
1: Oh. Connie Needham. I'd have never heard of these people. Al Ruscio looks familiar. He plays a guy called Dutch, which makes me laugh. Oh, yeah, I do know who John Ashton is. See? He looks familiar anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: know what I've seen him in.
1: But anyway. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hopefully it's not written by the same people as this episode. So
1: oh, We are such high spirits. Um, yes. Nancy Steen, Neil Thompson, oh, no. Pat oh, Prophet. No?
0: No? Oh, no. oh, no. Nancy Steen and Neil Thompson wrote this one. Oh. We'll have okay. to see. We'll have to see if it's them.
1: Okay. It might be. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. See you next time.